Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so Texas Republicans were so worried and scared about log cabin Republicans, they forgot about Robert Morrow. You know, this is when chickens come home to roost. So you know what? I want to welcome to the show Robert Morrow. But before I do that, Austin has been declared a state of disaster. So does that mean that gun owners can now carry a gun without a license? Now that Austin is a state of disaster declared by the mayor, can the governor now come back and say that, you know what, since it's a state of disaster, now can gun owners for that entire week doing South by Southwest because we're scared of the coronavirus, uh, can or the, what is it, COVID-19? Novel. COVID-19. Novel COVID-19. <clears throat> so now can gun owners carry a gun without a license? Can we open carry or conceal carry? Is this is, cost, is constitutional carry in effect? That's what I'm trying to say to you. You're going to learn today. That's what we're going to talk about. But you know what? I got Robert Morrow. You know, the the Republicans were so concerned about log cabin Republicans and trying to keep log cabins, you know, out of the big tent. They forgot to focus on Robert Morrow. And, and let me tell you. Every time Robert puts his name on the ballot, I tell you, boy, let me tell you, he makes some things happen. And so let me welcome to the show Robert Murrow. Robert, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Great to be here. You know, Robert, you know, you know, tell me, what made you decide to run for, what's that office? State Board? Texas State Board of Education, District 5. State Board of Education, District 5. What made you run for that? Because the Republicans, especially Travis County Republicans, they actually gave you name recognition. Well, I mean, I'm running for it for the children. You know, you need to have somebody like me in there who cares about the major issues, uh, someone who's not as scared of guns, who thinks children should be around guns, and they should be able to learn how to safely and properly use AR-15s. And if uh, senior girls want to take classes on twerking and pole dancing, that should be an elective as well. I'm the only candidate who's come out for that. Man, that made my sign fall down. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, the sign fell down on that one. So let me tell uh, tell me, Robert, 
So first, let's focus on the AR-15. So you think what, kids? Tell me your thoughts on kids well, firing AR-15. I think that um, firearm instructors should come into our schools for the school districts that want this, of course, and teach lessons on how the safe and proper use of AR-15s. I mean, in a lot of rural areas, you have what's known as feral hogs. Okay. They're, they're running around destroying everything, okay? And people use AR-15s to kill those things. And, and just so you know, if, you, if you're not up to date on what's happening, Robert Morrow is running for State Board of Education District 5. District 5. And he's in the runoff election. I'm in the run. I'm leading into the runoff election with 40% of the vote. Robert Morrow didn't spend not a dime. Didn't spend a dime. Just lay myself out there with my top issues. Didn't even file a treasury report. I mean, I filed a report. You filed a report? Yeah, of course. Okay. All right. So he filed a treasury report, but he didn't spend not a dime. Yeah. One cent. Yeah. Put put zero dollars on this. It was what we call a front porch campaign where you sit on your front porch and you say, hey, y'all vote for me. Yeah, and 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 the Travis County Republican Party helped you out a little bit, well, because they gave you name recognition. Well, you know, I think I've got higher name recognition than Matt, Matt McCoviak anyhow. But <clears throat> you know, so Matt, the current chairman, is basically a shill for the Republican Party, and he doesn't like me because I'm not pro-Trump, and he's a, a Trump shill because I don't like Trump because he's a child molester with Jeffrey Epstein back in 1994. And so they don't want me to be in the race because I'm telling the truth about Donald Trump and also will bust truth on the Bush crime family and the Iraq war and, you know, Rick Perry and his special private life that he has going on. Okay. And so so now tell me again your stance on AR-15s for the kids. They should be – in our schools, we should have certified gun instructors come in to school districts that request that – and teach the children the safe and proper use of AR-15s and any other type of gun the school district wants to teach them how to use. Okay. And then someone's asking, what's the purpose of the hat? I'm a politician. It's uh, truth in advertising, you know. So I think most politicians should wear jester's hats, and I've been doing it for years, and uh, it's a service to the public. Okay. And then also, uh, someone also said that uh, you have like a kid's room or something in your house. What is that about? I don't understand that. I'm confused. I don't have a kid's room. Okay, they said something about a kid's room in your house or something that you, where kids can come and play or something like that? No. That's not true? I, I have a, a toy table in my living room with a, bunch of, with a bunch of toys there for both adult kids and young kids. Oh, okay. It's, it's, so it's a toy table. So it's a little stretch or something. Yeah, they're, they're trying to imply something okay. uh, dark about that. Okay, gotcha. But no, that's not true at all. Sorry, try again. <laughs> and also, what happened this past weekend? Because something happened this week or something with a car rove. Well, you know, uh, I went to the, the GOP campaign training class yesterday in downtown Austin. Mm, in downtown Austin. And uh, the speakers were Dave Carney, a longtime grassroots advisor to Rick Perry for 25 years in Texas politics, and Carl Rove. And every time I see Carl Rove, Carl Rove, you know, I'm like, Carl, I want to ask you a question. Mm. And the question is that I asked Carl yesterday is, uh, Carl? Did you ever have sex with fake reporter Jeff Gannon? Are you a queer? Mm. The reason I ask that is that in 2005, in the Bush White House, there was a fake reporter named Jeff Gannon who is a 20-year gay prostitute in the Washington, D.C. area. And they had Jeff Gannon. And this is true. Google it. Google George Bush, Jeff Gannon, and you'll see George Bush, the president, Kissing the head of a bald-headed gay prostitute. Oh, Lord. 
His real name is Jeff Guckert. On Sunday, and it, no less. This and is they, and, they, and, they, and they put him in the White House as a fake reporter who would ask all these softball questions about the Iraq war, like, like uh, Mr. President, uh, all these reporters are so negative when all their questions, but you're doing a wonderful job in the Iraq war. You know, Don't you think their questions are hurting the war effort? I'm just kind of making that up. That's the kind of ridiculous questions Jeff Gannon would be asking. Right. Jeff Gannon used to check into the White House uh, as a journalist and stay overnight. Mm. Why? Carl, Carl and George W. Bush, why is a bald-headed gay prostitute staying overnight in the White House several times during the Bush White House? And why is he a fake reporter? And why is he asking all these ridiculous softball questions? Mm. So somebody like me would ask a simple question to Carl Rove. Are you having sex with a bald-headed gay prostitute? Oh, Lord. I'm just asking Carl. And his reply to me was, well, uh, my wife sure would be surprised about that. And, Mm. And I thought to myself, well, I think most wives would be surprised if their husbands were having sex with a bald-headed gay prostitute. But I don't know. It's just a question. And it goes back to the immense hypocrisy of the Texas Republican Party. They have people, and I'm not going to name too many names, at high levels who, I'm not naming names, are closet homosexuals, and they run an anti-gay agenda. It needs to be busted on and exposed, and I'm here to do it. All right, we're talking with Robert Morrill. He's running for a Texas Board of Education uh, District 5, right. and he's in the runoff election, and he's actually he actually received the most votes. Votes. So we're talking with him because Texas Republicans were scared about log count Republicans, but they didn't focus on Robert Morrill at all. So now chickens are coming home to roost. And also, Austin has been declared a state of disaster, so does that mean that gun owners can carry a gun without a license? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back. We're talking with Robert Morrill. He, we have him inside the studio because, you know, my thoughts are, you know, the Texas Republicans, the the Texas Republican Party, which is the largest, they have the largest convention out of any state in the entire United States. The largest convention is right here in Texas. 
and it's the Republican Party. And they were so concerned and so scared about log cabin Republicans having a booth that they forgot to focus on Robert Morrill. And Robert Morrill's got some things to say. He's got some ideas. Robert Morrill says a lot, and I'm not even going to repeat it. I'm going to let him repeat it. And I say, hey, it's chickens coming home to roost. Also, in Austin, Austin has been declared a state of disaster. That's right, a state of disaster. They have canceled South by Southwest. So South by Southwest is canceled. So now, what does that mean? What does that mean for, for Austin? What does that mean for Texas? So can now the governor, can the governor now say, hey, since Austin's a state of disaster, can license holders carry a gun without a license? Because there's a bill that was passed. It was passed back in 2019, September the 1st, that said that, hey, if the governor declares it a state of disaster for the entire week in that area, license holders, you don't have to have a license. You don't have to have a license to carry a handgun. Anyone will be able to carry a handgun without a license. So can license holders, or I'm sorry, not license holders. I'm, I keep saying that. I'm stuck on that license holders thing. You got to correct me on that. So can gun owners, can gun owners carry a gun without a license? That's what I'm trying to say. You're going to learn today. So I think the answer to that question depends on whether or not you think that the, st- the city of Austin is actually in a state of emergency. Nope. That's not the, that's not the it's question. It's already been declared. Nope. It's, it's been, a, Adler it's declared been, it. It's been listen, declared. That's listen, not it. But listen, you're, you're Adler, getting there. You're, you're Adler getting there. was also on, put out a PSA on TV mm-hmm. saying, hey, you need to go out and eat, drink. Support I'm local businesses, support musicians. So what does that mean? I, well, if it's a state of emergency, I think the last thing you would be doing is, is yeah, put up the video. All right. Well, let's see that. Let's see the video yeah. from Mayor Adler. It's very PSA. contradictory. Yeah. It's very Check. contradictory. Take a look at this. All right. So we're going to take a look at this video because I want to see this PSA where Mayor Adler says, you know what? Yeah. Come on out. You know, we're canceling South by Southwest, but you know what? But we still need to support the local economy. Everything's yeah. fine, guys. Everything's fine, but it's a disaster. Because later on in the hour, we're going to have the homeless. We're going to invite the, uh, the Robert Rhodes Robert and Rose, Kent one, Dahlgren. One of the leavers of Camp Rat. Yes, and sir. what's the other person? Kent Dahlgren. He's uh, helped them develop a website, and he's actually – Got a lot of experience helping the homeless community. He's been there just about daily. Because my question is, you know, if we if the coronavirus gets released, someone has it in Austin. Let's people see. with immunosuppressive uh, uh, this, problems are going to be the first people to be hit, which would be the homeless yeah, community. Yeah, this is going to be one of those hard questions. So if a homeless person gets the coronavirus in Austin, is it going to spread like wildfire? Are they going to actually... Again, that, that answer to that question depends on whether or not you think the coronavirus is actually an emergency, actually a pandemic, actually a disaster. All right, so take a look at this. All right, so uh, hold on. We're going to get that ready for you. We're still working on it, but hang tight there. All right, so uh, hey, in the meantime, I got a question for Robert here. Oh, man, Robert Morrow. All right, Mr. Morrow. Uh... So recently, Matt Makowiak, Matt Makowiak, Matt Makowiak, I'm sorry, which, Mac- is, the Mac- ch- which Mac- is the chairman Mac- for Mac- the Makowiak, I think it is. Matt, Mac- Mac- Matt Makowiak, which is the chairman for the Tex- the Travis County Republican G- Party, the GOP, right? In Travis County, yeah. Yep. Okay, so he recently said that if you win, he's going to light himself on fire. On okay. fire. Okay, my reply to that is Matt. 
you're already on fire, <laughs> and I'm standing here holding the can of kerosene and the matches. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it. So do you think he's actually going to do it? By the way, our calling no, number. I hope, hope he does. It. It's just figuratively talk right here. But uh, I took no, that. We'll, 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 we'll say on May. I took it very literally. I call in number. I call <laughs> in and number. And also, Matt, please don't tempt the voters, okay, on that. But we, we hope you don't have to do that. <laughs> oh, no. Hold on. Our call in number is 512-543-2284. Yeah, Matt, where are you at? Call in. I want to get your thoughts on this. Our call in number, once again, is 512 512- Five four three two two eight four. Why do you think that this man was so incentivized to claim that he would light himself on fire if you win? Because I am so foamingly <laughs> anti-establishment, whether it's the Clintons, who mm. are criminals, murdered by Waco, or the Bushes, uh, murdered 200,000 in Iraq, George W. Bush did, or Rick Perry, who I exposed his adulterous life. Mm. Or Donald Trump, who I've been telling the world, likes to rape thirteen-year-old girls of Jeffrey Epstein in nineteen ninety-four. Mm. That yeah. if you're if you're a that's what you told me at that at that rally. Yeah. yeah, and that blew. I mean, I was saying this in two thousand sixteen, and then the Jeffrey Epstein story just blew sky high last year, and everybody's like, Robert, you're right. Are you God, concerned about right. being sued? I just tell the truth, buddy. You know, <laughs> you know. Harry Truman says, you know, the pit folks come up to me and say, "Give them hell," and I say, I'm, "I don't give them hell." I just Are you worried about God. being suicided? Uh, no, no, I'm just, I just tell the truth. You better be careful. Uh, what, what it is, is that here's, here's, here's what I've learned in politics. And you want to say negative things about the Clintons? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm wearing a Hillary for prison shirt right now. So folks need to know that, that I, I, I come after the bipartisan criminal elite as hard as anybody that I know. I just tell the truth about them. I say they ought to be in jail and they ought to be shunned by the rest of society. And that's all I do. And it drives them insane, whether they're a Bush or a Clinton or a Trump or, a, you know, um, whoever. Or a hack like Matt McCowiak. Matt McCowiak. Matt McCowiak or whatever. <laughs> I, hey, Matt, I like boobies. <laughs> I like boobies, Matt. Do you, do you like boobies? I love boobies. And I got 40% in the SBOE number five race. Lord, forgive me for all those people that are traveling back from church. We might get 51 in May. We'll just see. But I'm a red-blooded American male, and I support gun rights, and I support free speech. I cannot believe the, the, the Republican Party would not let the, the, what, the log cabin Republicans even have a table at state. What about free speech? Hey, Robert, what do you think about how there was a gentleman down at the state capitol recently who had a shirt that said, blank, the police. F, at, at, uh, F, at F the, the police. Okay, at the gun you know what? Hearing. Hey, Dan Patrick. That is constitutionally protected free speech, and I have zero problem with that. Vulgarity happens to be legal. Crudity happens to be legal. Legal. Un, this is a mind blow for some people. Unpopular speech happens to be legal in a free America. As does hate speech. Mm-hmm. And, 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 yeah, and hate and this all this bit about attack on hate speech. You know, I have a question. I can't call Trump supporters white trash. And I'm a, am I committing a hate speech violation by saying that? I think a lot of them are. I hate to say that. Okay? They're what? White trash. Oh, my goodness. Why would you say that? <laughs> Just look at Donald Trump on stage. Just look at who he is. You look at all the women he sexually abused, all the contractors he never paid. Uh, What's the deal with Stormy Daniels? Uh, well, Stormy Daniels, this is, this is all these Christian conservatives in Texas all love Donald Trump, and Donald Trump is – 
having sex, and I'm, I'm censoring myself, having sex with a porn star while his wife is nursing a baby, having sex with a Playboy model while his wife is nursing a baby, trying to have sex downstairs at Mar-a-Lago with a People magazine reporter while his wife was pregnant. That's the kind of low-life scum who the Republican Party is supporting. I'll have nothing to do with this. I support Ron Paul. I'll support any other decent Republican that wants to cut taxes. But I draw the line at someone like Donald Trump. And I do think not all, but a fair amount of his supporters are white trash. But he's he's going to win his reelection. I give him a 0% chance to reelect. Because why is that? Mike? He's going to win. The reason there's no doubt, go, there's no up, doubt in my mind that he's going to win. I his absolutely agree. He's going to go end up going up against Biden, who has he probably dementia. Win. Okay, hands all down. Right, did you hear, did you see the video the other day of Biden saying that Trump should be reelected? Right, listen, he said that at his own rally. All right, senile Trumps get that Trumps crazy and evil, and that's what's going to happen. Donald Trump has. Oh, he's an innocent senile man, right? No, he's, he's a the, crook, the do-gooder. No, but, he's. No, no, Biden is crooked. Just look at his son's. See, I'm, I'm just. That's just why the establishment hates me. I don't pick sides and pretend like one of them's innocent. Joe Biden's son got a huge deal in the Ukraine only because of Joe Biden was the point man on on Ukraine. So that's corrupt. So of course Joe Biden's corrupt. Yeah, that was a cush job, huh? Yeah, but he hasn't raped any thirteen year old girls. He likes to sniff girl women the hair, okay? But he's never raped a thirteen year old girl like Trump has. So that's how, that's how I call him. Biden has sniffed a lot of adolescents. Uh, yeah, I don't I've know. Any, the I don't know anything about that. Um, you haven't seen that? No, I have not oh, seen any oh, of that. He's oh, sniffing videos. and kissing, and oh, I've never and seen any of that. The other I don't know day, my, about that. The other day, my friend sent me a, a picture of a dress that this girl made online, and the top half was Biden's hands grabbing at her breast. Meanwhile, we're talking with Robert Murrow. He's running for Texas Board of Education, District 5, and he's in the runoff election. For That's for the entire state of Texas, right? Uh, hold, hold on, Robert. That's for the entire state, for District 5. Okay, for District 5, we're for, talking about Texas Board of Education. For 115th of Texas. Uh, for 115th of Texas. It's like, it's like two congressional And also, yep. Austin has been declared a state of disaster. So does that mean that the gun owners can carry a gun without a license? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Peace, this is Mark Curay. You're listening to Come and Talk Radio with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Austin's Talk 1370. 
Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. And we're back, and we're talking with Robert Murrow. He's, the, he's running for Texas Board of Education District 5. And also, we have in the studio, we brought in a representative from Camp Rat, which is the homeless camp that the governor has set up for the homeless here in Austin and for the state of Texas. Uh, we have a representative here from that organization. And also, we have in the studio someone who's representing Take Back Austin, which is oh. a Facebook group. Oh, no. No? Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. I may have that wrong, so we'll make sure we get He is not representing uh, Take Back Austin. Okay, so we'll, we'll but, fix that. But right, he, has, he has done work at Camp Rat and has experience with the uh, homeless community. Okay, so we'll come back to that here in a second. Um, but you know what? Mayor Adler has declared Austin a state of disaster. He's even put out a PSA. So let's take a look at this PSA that the city of Austin has put out. Take a look at this. South by this week, there are a lot of people that are hurting because of that. Now is the time that we should be going to restaurants, going to clubs, buying musicians, merchandise, helping one another. We want to make sure that everybody knows it's still safe and a wonderful thing to stand with Austin, to eat with Austin, to take ride shares with Austin, and to go see local bands with Austin. So y'all get out and enjoy yourselves. Go to the bars, go to the clubs, listen to the music, tip your waiters, tip your bartenders, and if you want to, you can make a contribution at the Austin Community Foundation, and that's austincf.org. You can make a contribution to help those people who are hit the hardest by this and are the least likely to be able to come out of it. Stand with Austin! You wash your hands. I don't know. The only thing I get out of that is he's encouraging to uh, take a shot. And we all need to just go out and drink and take a shot. Because let me tell you, there's a lot going on right now. If you can't beat them, just going out to your local bar and just drink it up. And just drink your sorrows away. That's what I get out of that PSA. Anyone take a look at that? What do you think? Of that? What are your thoughts on that, Gary, that PSA? Well, I mean, it's kind of contradictory to declare a state of disaster and cancel a massive international event and then make a PSA <laughs> and say, hey, we should all be going out and partying. By the way, we cancel, we, you, we've canceled South by Southwest. We don't want you to come out, come to Austin and, and go to our restaurants and all that good kind of stuff. But you know what? Uh, come on out to our restaurants and, and, and have a drink. I think what happened here is that Adler and city council probably didn't think that the coronavirus is as much of a disaster as what they thought it was. But they canceled South by anyway due to media pressure. And now they're trying to stimulate the local economy by telling people to go out and spend money. No, I think that a lot of your major people have canceled out on South by Southwest. And if they declared a state of disaster, that brings in, will the promoters be able to file some type of claim or will they get federal funding? Something else is going on there. It's about money. And I don't think it has anything That's to do I'm with That's what I'm saying. They're trying to stimulate the local economy because they've, they've just basically shot themselves in the foot. I mean, South by is probably the biggest economic uh, benefit to all year to the to the city. I think they're trying to reclaim some, you know, recoup some type of money they're that they're losing that they've lost. Yeah, because they've lost. So let let's let the feds come in and help us out a little bit. So let me welcome to the show. What's his name? Go to Kent 
Dahlgren. Very good. All right. Kent That's, That's unusual. I usually don't get the name. Agent. Who do you represent, Kent? I'm a, I own a software company. Look closer. Called, closer. Well, I own a software company called I need you to get close Alpha, to that mic. I need you to working. make love to the mic. Oh, well, I'll get real close to this mic. Yeah, there you go. Make <laughs> love to that mic. Is this what you're talking that, about? That's this what I'm talking goes? about. Like, All right. There you go. There you go. Um, so I own a software company called 214 Alpha, and I'm working with Robert uh, and Camp Rat. Robert uh, Morrow? Yes. No, 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 no. The other Robert. Robert. Beautiful. <laughs> Come on. Get it right. I'm just messing with you. But Sorry. I'm digging his clown hat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a politician. That's why I can't. But thank you. I dig it. I dig All it. right. And so, and once again, you're representing who again? I own a software company, but I'm working with these guys uh, at Camp Rat to establish the basis of self-governance. Uh, so I set up their LLC. I set up their 501c3. And I'm working with private, public, uh, and faith-based uh, institutions to try to put together uh, self, self-governance. Okay. And what's your, what's your thought on – what's your thought on, um, you know, the city of Austin and – and them, you know, canceling South by Southwest because of, you know, the coronavirus, the COVID-19. Uh, what's your thoughts on, on that? Well, I've only been here a year. I'm native of Portland. I'm fifth generation Oregonian. But in the year I've been here, I noticed the city seems to be good at one thing, which is orchestrating or contriving a, a crisis and then figuring out how to get the feds to send money. So uh, that seems to be my assessment of what's going on. I mean, wasn't it Monday or Tuesday that Adler was on camera uh, smiling at Joe Biden? I mean, it feels like he left the post. I don't know what he's doing right now. So they got a half-caught cancellation. Well, what of he's doing is he's working on his next position because I believe he's going to be term limited, and he may not be able to run for mayor again. I'm, don't quote me on that. But then he's working on a position. Maybe there's a possibility him getting a position with the if uh, Biden becomes president, which is a, st- a stretch. If Biden becomes president, <laughs> he maybe gets a position in D.C. Yeah, that's weird. Like, stick to with your job. I mean, if there is a health crisis going on and people are legitimately concerned about coronavirus, why not stick to your post and uh, do your job mm-hmm. instead of going to Dallas, right? Yeah. And breaking news. We got some breaking news. Breaking news coming out of the state of Texas here. So the state of Texas, the Senate Committee for Mass Violence Prevention. You remember that? There's a Senate committee that's scheduled this week. Mass Violence and Prevention, the community's, uh, the safety hearing there that was going to be at the, at the Texas Capitol has been canceled because, guess what? Coronavirus. The coronavirus. You guessed it. Oh, my goodness. You, yes. You guys win. Yes. That's right. No joke, folks. The Senate Committee on Mass Violence in Texas at the Capitol has been canceled because of the coronavirus scare. This is unreal. We don't have not one scare. I mean, not one person has Texas positive, Texas positive, tested positive at all. Not one person. And they have canceled this event. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, we're talking about, you know, our our elected officials here. I mean, my goodness, if they're canceling hearings at the Capitol. You know, what next? Where do we go from here? What's going on? This is breaking news. They've canceled a hearing at the Texas Capitol. I don't ever remember them ever canceling a hearing at the Texas Capitol. Fun fact. Did you know that the CDC has only tested 1,583? So say that one more time. They've only tested about 1,500 people. 1,500. And and, and, and in Texas, everything's come back negative so far, correct? Uh Uh-huh. All negative. So why are we afraid? What's what's the problem? Why can we not have our hearings? Why cannot we continue our business as, as usual? If you're going to cancel hearings of a small group of people of maybe 40 or 50 people to uh, to go to the Capitol, then maybe I should stay at home and not go out to my restaurants and my bars and other places. Maybe I should stay at home. 
Yeah, it's pretty wild that they just don't even want so to there's go to those. Something's going on. Is something going on? And I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, you know, but it's something going on that I don't know about. It's something happening here. I don't know. I mean, my feeling on this is that what's going on is, is there's a tremendous opportunity for normal citizens to step up and start managing their own city because the city government doesn't seem to know how to do it by themselves. So, I mean, that's all I really care about what's going on, right? Like if y'all are going to uh, create a fear frenzy and then decide to uh, sequester yourself in your homes and suck your thumbs, I'm, okay, I'm all for that, right? Yeah. Uh, then we'll go off and do some work. So just to recap, uh, the mass, the Senate Mass Violence Prevention uh, that committee hearing that was scheduled this week on March 10th has been postponed. It's canceled. That's right now. It's postponed. So the Senate Mass Violence Prevention and Community Safety Hearing that was on March 10th, 2020, will be postponed to a later date out of an abundance of caution given the recent public health events occurring around the globe and to ensure that the community, the committee has robust participation from the public on these critical issues. Now, the committee has declared, well, they've decided really to move this scheduled hearing to a later date in the future. And the committee apologized for any inconvenience. All invited witnesses to this hearing will be asked to serve as an invited witness at the future hearing date. Please let me know if there are any questions. And that's from the committee director and general counsel from the Senate Select Committee on Redistricting, uh, Sean Operman. And that was released on today um, at 3.24 p.m., you know, just before we went on air. So that's breaking news. The Senate hearing that was scheduled this week has been postponed because of the coronavirus. That's crazy. I'm just floored. I don't, I'm, I'm worth, I, I don't have words to explain what's going on here. You know, but we have in the studio, once, once again, tell people your name. Kent Dahlgren. All right, so Kent, so tell me, you know, what's, you know, why you are concerned about the homeless issue? I see. I don't see it as an issue as much as an opportunity. I lived, moved here a year so ago. So you're just an opportunist. Well, I am an opportunist, right? I'm an entrepreneur. So what are you supposed to do, right? And so it's a, a year ago I moved here, and I see the city of Austin do what I've watched the city of Portland do for a long time. Again, I'm a native of Portland. And uh, uh, my wife was forced to close her retail store because the front doorstep turned into a place where people defecated, right? And I actually have a lot of love for the homeless. I actually was homeless in 2017. So I actually have a lot of love and appreciation for what's out there. And uh, the city, you know, uh, city of Portland does a pretty decent job of uh, of positioning itself to be, uh, you know, the savior. But what they do is spend a vast amount of money. And that doesn't seem to be making the problem any better. In fact, it's just worse, right? So I moved here a year ago, and I watched the city of Austin do basically the same thing. They repeal the camping ban, and then they take the summer off. And what happens is that the homeless end up being collateral damage. People end up hating the homeless, uh, but they got no real solution. There's really nothing in place. So, you know, the governor steps forward, puts some land together, and that's where Robert ends up setting up residence. So I actually see that as a tremendous opportunity for self-governance, actually. And I've seen that work in Portland. There's a place called Write the Dream and Write the Dream Too, and the homeless run their own community. And they actually can get back into the work world. They can actually do what they want to do. They're not actually tagged and created, uh, uh, you know, it's contrived. It turns them into, uh, you know, forever dependent citizens that the city has to continue paying for. Like They actually can get out of that cycle of being, you know, turned into a profit center, if you will. And they can actually get back into the world. So that's been my involvement with uh, what they call Camp Rat, which is a place off 183, is to try to help them with self-governance so they can, you know, I set up the LLC for Robert, built the website, uh, did the 501c3 filing, 
and then working with them to help develop a basis of financial uh, self-sufficiency so they can run their own government. So I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm all for that. All right. So you ready? Yes. I'm going to throw it at you. Do it. I'm going to come at you hard. You got your bulletproof vest on? Whatever. All right. So are you one of those white guys that, you know, think that you're, you know, that you know what the homeless need and what they want without even asking the homeless? No, because I actually work. I'm with reading the this question, by the way. No, that's cool. I mean, you know, I uh, done software design and development for what thirty years, and you can't actually develop anything unless you work with the people themselves. So I spend a lot of time with the homeless, and there's no such thing as one type of homeless. And I've actually have been homeless. I actually lived in a camp. You know, my wife kicked me to the curb in 2017, and so I ended up living in my truck and then staying in a camp. So you know, it comes with some experience. But there's no such thing as learning at all. You got to actually stay in the trenches and kind of figure this stuff out, right? So I think it's also pertinent to point out that what he's what Kent seems to be pushing for is that there's a self-governance in the homeless camps, which is not the same as some of these nonprofits or the arch or the city council saying this is what the best thing you need is. He's basically helping giving them he's helping to give them the tools to be able to take care of things the way that they see fit. I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, Robert. Uh, you're right, 100%. I agree with you. And that's what I like about having Ken around. But also, we are working on waiting for to see if we can get the governor to give us a little bit more land and a different, like uh, on the north side, the west side, the south side, so we can end up making more camps for the homeless. The, uh, uh, he's actually drawn this up on a whiteboard, and it's a pretty good deal because it could be done extremely inexpensively in the tens of thousands. So it creates essentially magnets where people could actually leave. The thing that a lot of people don't know is that those camps serve as a basis of human and drug trafficking. That's the reason I get interested in this, is that sitting off in the bushes, if you're a woman or you're a, a, a youth, you end up being trafficked for uh, uh, sexual purposes. So we got to do is find a way for them to get out of there. But they don't want to go into a place like the Arch because they feel like they get victimized there. They get you know, slapped with a mental health diagnosis, and they end up turned into a you know, never-ending profit center by the city. And that's what, frankly, freaks them out about the big tent that's part of the, the ATX helps. And I don't the want to sprung sound, shelter? Yeah, and I don't want to sound dismissive, but it, but it is showing a great opportunity for collaboration because, you know, to their credit, you know, the guys from ATX helps since last week have actually gone out to the camp and they've listened. And, you know, the, the women and the men there will say, you know, I don't really want to walk into a place and feel like I'm never going to get let out. They might have to be eased into that. So what Robert's talking about is something in between where they can come into a camp that's run by the homeless, and then maybe they want to ease into something a little bit more. But, you know, if you've been trafficked for a long time, you got a lot of fear about that, and the veterans in particular. Man, I'm a vet, so I have a real real love for them, and it's hard for them to uh, uh, come out of the, the, the tent, particularly if they think the VA has got it out for them, right? you got to build that trust, but you got to do that by being in the trenches. So and, and, and Donald says, you know what, folks, you need to stock up on ammunition. Deep uh-huh. State is in overdrive right now. We need to stock up on am- ammo like because that. of what's happening with this state of disaster and this coronavirus, this COVID-19. Terry says pathetic politicians using health crisis to manipulate the government. Donald also says John B. Wells was talking about this issue on Caravan to Midnight. And Donald says, again, it will get worse under these cowards in government. Mm, you know, so what I want to ask uh, Robert, Robert is uh, he's one of the representatives from Camp Rat, uh, the, the the camp that the governor has set aside for the homeless to camp out in for Austin and the state of Texas. Um, what are your thoughts on this private organization, this nonprofit organization stepping in and purchasing this piece of land? From right underneath you. Well, kind of ticked me off a little bit. You look close to the mic there. Oh, Make okay. love to it. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I hear you, brother. I mic. hear you. Well, no, I was a little upset at first. Then I actually got to talk to somebody from ATX Help. 
and um, we actually had a great conversation over them um, of over them um, wanting to put that tent up, and uh, we we did some little debating on on that, and we figured out there's different things that we could use instead of the tent. Okay. Have they have they uh, said that they're not going to put up a tent anymore? No, actually, they didn't say. He, we just discussed it. We're, it's not in in writing yet. The, the What's com- going to happen? The conversations I had with the people from ATX Helps has demonstrated. Um, it's illustrated to me that these people are private sector people, so they're pretty pragmatic, right? Like they had an original vision. They're going to raise a few million bucks. They're going to build a big tent. But the conversations that I've had with them reflect, uh, you know, like I said, I spent a lot of years in private sector. I worked, you know, for Xerox and other companies like that. So we're having a conversation about how to fundraise within the private sector, which means you've got to demonstrate incremental progress and it's got to be efficient, effective, transparent, all that other stuff. So it, that clicks for them. So, you know, the guy we're talking to, Tarby, he seems real pragmatic. He seems to understand, like, we've got to deliver something in the short term. We're not in government, so we don't get to blow 60 million bucks and then vanish for nine months. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, they got, they, you know, we got to deliver, we got to deliver, we got to deliver. So to their credit, you know, like I got added to the, um, you know, I said, you know, I'm a former staff sergeant. So I said, put me on the front lines. I just need people at my six to make sure that I've got support in case of this coronavirus thing. And so someone added me to the Texas uh, Department of State and Health Services call. That's actually uh, daily starting Monday. And it's all the cities and all the agencies doing best practices of what's going on. Uh, you know, how do we triage all that other stuff? They're getting services lined up behind there. There's a guy, uh, Robert Martinez, who owns a flower stone on the south side. He put together the basis of a camp kitchen. Boom, delivered just like that. Uh, not one, but two of them. We got uh, uh, people coming in. They're, trans- they're turning one of the bays into a chapel, so they're going to have church for the first time next, next week. So they're going to have NAA and AA meetings. Man, all that stuff is happening fast, 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 and it's not wicked expensive. When you go out to the camp, there's industry, and I love it, by the way. I love it because it feels like how things are supposed to be. All right, so, so, so Teresa yeah. says that self-governance versus handouts. And also Cleo Pat- Patricic says, it is sad you all have aspirations to go elsewhere. She's talking about Delia Garza, county attorney, Greg Kassar, Texas Senate, Mayor Adler, U.S. Congress. She knows something I don't know. And then she says, y'all F this city up. Have no systematic plan in place. No policies for the, the non-compliant, those who do not want shelter, mental health and drug treatment. 170 police officers shortage. She says that the statesman has verified crime has increased 10% last year. I've been telling you people about this for for a long time. I told you crime was increasing. Everyone told me, no, it's not. No, it absolutely No, it's not. I told them that last year. They said, no, it's not. I said, yes, it is. uh, Cleo Patricic says that violent crimes with both homeless suspects and victims increased 23%. And y'all want to leave your positions without armly finishing the cluster F you created. And let me tell you, they've abandoned their post. Yes, they are leaving their position and they've totally destroyed this city in a state of emergency. They've abandoned their post in a state of an emergency because it's not because it's not really an emergency. It's all what they do is they 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 say that to save face because it's all it's all about media pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they didn't they didn't cancel South by because we're all gonna die from coronavirus. And you know what, Cleo, yeah. Cleo, I they want caved. you, Cleo, I want you to call in because I want you inside the studio. I want you to call in. Yeah, speaking so, of, where's Chris Harris? So Cleo, our call in number is five one two. 
512-543-2284. Cleo, call in. I want to hear your thoughts. Cleo has on... a, she had a, a, someone in the family passed. So oh, okay. Sorry about that. Time. But then we did invite Chris Harris, and Chris is actually... What did he do, Michael? Chris is one of the uh, uh, appointees for city council to be on one of the commissions. Yeah, why... Did... So discuss the homeless. So I, I would, why didn't he show up? So I would say well, that, he, that I've, I've been Chris, trying to meet with him. Chris Chris Harris canceled out an hour before the show because he said that he has. Why can he issues. can he call in? I sent him a message, asked him to call in. <clears throat> I asked him to send another representative. We've been talking about this for an entire week. We've asked him to come into the show because I wanted him to face the people that he's standing up for. Because Chris Harris says he's standing up for the homeless. He knows what's best for the homeless. So I wanted him to sit inside the studio and talk to someone who's from Camp Rant, you know, and 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 let them tell him what he actually what they actually want. And that's what I wanted to happen. I want the, them to come together and talk because that's the problem. We're not hearing from the homeless. We're hearing from everyone else, all these other hippies that are telling the homeless what they're supposed to have and what they deserve. That's what we're hearing. Rich, rich hippies. All these hippies you. telling the homeless what they should have. I would point out that I have met with people from State to start, um, Stop the Sweeps, and I did find out that the vision that they want is literally what Robert has on the whiteboard. So I've actually offered to meet with them because that's how you get these things done. You meet with people you might not normally work with and you get strange bedfellows, but you get it done, right? Yeah. And so, you know, that's the thing is it's uh, I'll renew my offers. If we can get out there, if we really care about the poor, let's just – Go out for uncomfortable talks and walks until we hammer something out. So let's do well, it. it's difficult to do that when one of the parties doesn't show up. Yeah. Mike. Oh, yeah, he does sound a little scared to me. Yeah, but I, I just, you know, it, it, and that's important to me, you know, and I want to have a civilized conversation, but it angers me because I have people that are telling me that they don't want more law enforcement. They don't want people to carry guns, but they're good about, you know, getting rid of the, the homeless um, getting rid of the, the camp, camping ban in the city. Right. You want to get rid of the camping ban. You want it to allow people to camp out everywhere in this city, but then you don't, wanna, you don't want people to carry a gun to protect themselves when, st- when things go around. That is crazy to me. Hey, hey, Robert Morrow, what do you think about this? We haven't heard from you in a minute here. Well, you know, it's just my opinion. Um, <clears throat> I'm very pro-homeless. Uh, you know, there, there should not be any laws criminalizing you being asleep in public, how ludicrous is that? I mean, I used to go out with friends, and you'd be sleeping on a bench at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking, you got to stay awake. The cop's going to arrest you for being asleep on a bench. How stupid is that? Um, if you're homeless, by definition, you can't afford to live anywhere, so you're going to have to camp somewhere. So I don't think it's right to ban homeless from camping. Um, if a homeless person um, defecates on the front door of your business, that's a different story because they're disrespecting your business and when they could be picking a place out in the woods. So you got to use common sense. So I don't have any solution for this. I will tell you this. I think the, the reason for their problem is not the overturn of the camping ban. It's the fact that we're having more people coming into Austin. We're becoming more of a major city. and We're getting more major city problems just because of the mass influx of people. That is my personal opinion. And, and, you know, and this this city council, this mayor, they're 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 leaving their posts. They're going on to bigger and better things. They're getting promoted, looking for other positions, you know, staying in office. They've totally ruined this town. We have declared a state of the mercy. Uh, South by Southwest is canceled. We have people that are canceling the, the event here. Uh, we, we're going to have a, a serious problem because next year we're going to feel the effects of South by Southwest canceling. Until next year, you're talking about, 
you know, restaurants, we're talking about bars, we're talking musicians. They're going to lose all this revenue from not having this event. And then we're talking about the camping ordinance. You know, by them getting rid of the, the camping ordinance and allowing people to camp out anywhere, all over the sidewalks, anywhere throughout this entire city, um, this is a complete disaster. And just like Cleo Patricic says, you know, they're leaving their posts and are leaving us to fend for ourselves. They don't want us to carry guns, but they want to allow this city to turn just, you know, into whatever. Well, I see nothing but opportunity. The thing is, is that, you know, what I, I give you are Chris, such an opportunist. No, I really am. I mean, the thing is, is that, uh, uh, you know, Chris and the others, they seem to have a genuine concern for the poor. And I think they've been manipulated into bootlicking a bunch of rich people who literally don't care about their jobs. Are you and saying think, Chris Harris is bootlicking? I think he is, and I don't think he realizes it. So I, I would see an opportunity for him to save face. He could actually work with the poor and actually get something going. And so, you know, because I actually think that, uh, I, 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 you know, it's an odd position to say that you're advocating for the poor and your partner is a guy who rents two floors of a whole hotel and leaves his post in the middle of an emergency, right? Like, right. you know, geez, you might want to change who you're working with. And in this case, I'm more than willing to work with people that I wouldn't normally work with because it matters. I mean, we're not talking about no leash dog parks here, no disrespect to dogs. But I mean, for real, we're talking about <laughs> real human beings here. You know what I'm saying? Like we're talking about uh, a real opportunity. And I see nothing but opportunity, honestly. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Like, if you get out to the camp, you see the people working together, putting tents together, building the camp kitchen. Jesus, like, what a cool deal, right? I, I love it. Uh, I can't think of anything better. So. Hey, what have you thought about the way people in the, the Facebook group Take Back Austin have reacted to Camp Rat? I, I, um, it's, it's nuanced. You know, of course, I helped launch that, and I was on the board early on. And then, you know, I left, uh, went on to something else. But I would say that... Um, I would say uh, that something I said made the sign fall, which is cool. <laughs> so uh, I'd say that some of the people are really um, uh, stepping up. You know, yesterday there were some of the people from Take Back who actually walked the camp and spent a few hours there. And it was really important for them to humanize. They see there's a veteran. There's, you know, a woman who's actually been in camps for a long time. It really helps humanize the issue. But I'd say a lot of the people have a ways to go. There's still, um, you know, a lot of people um, who, uh, who, who, who kind of look forward to a future without homeless. And it isn't really going to be that simple. Like, a lot of these people want to work their way back out of the uh, trenches, and uh, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity to meet them more than halfway. Like, they spend a lot of time with Kenny, who wants actually looking for a cheap SUV so we can do a mobile mechanic, because he wants to earn a way for him and his girl to get out of that camp. Yeah, I, you know, I when that. I talked to Kenny, he bought, how old is he, 25? I don't know, man. He's I like, like that He's guy. maybe a year or two younger than me, but he's, uh, he had bought a vehicle for 20, no, $60, excuse me. He bought a vehicle that was not running for $60, and he mm-hmm. told me after a half an hour he got it running. No, and he's probably going to flip it. No, I love it. I mean, it. these are this this camp rat is a group of people who are actually, you know, taking steps to f- to fix the situations that they're in. Yeah. They're not they're not junkies and right. degenerates and deadbeats like you have like I have run into in other places interviewing yeah. homeless people. That they do exist. It's not Right. You know, the the homeless population isn't just a bunch of people that are all down on their luck. Some of them put themselves in that situation. All right. So Mike says, as a dispatcher with APD, we deal with the same violent transients every day. I know them by name, and it is a about these 10 to 20 folks who would make it really bad. And why are they never held accountable? It is just insane. Mm. Thomas says, Mike, don't blow a blood vessel. That's right. I'm sorry. I did blow a v- blood vessel in November, so I got to calm down a little bit. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talkin'. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about, man, we're talking about a lot. We're talking about the coronavirus. We're talking about Robert Murrell, who's running for uh, Texas Board of Education. He's in a runoff election. And we're also talking about the homeless situation here in Austin, Texas, and also the state of Texas. Uh, the Senate Mass Violence Prevention and Community Safety Hearing. This is breaking news. The Senate Mass Violence Prevention and Community Safety Hearing on March 10th, 2020, has been postponed due to the coronavirus concerns. And so, Gary, you guys were talking about something during the break. What were you talking yeah, about? Yeah, so I was talking to Kent about Take Back Austin and how I have I've been sharing homeless interviews, videos I've done with homeless uh, people, interviewing them about their situations. And recently I – posted a video in there of Robert giving me a statement about autonomy, self-governance, et cetera, et cetera, and how they don't necessarily want these nonprofits to have complete control over how things are being run, run and the sprung shelter, et cetera. And I got some, you know, sort of negative feedback from them. And I was surprised because it seems to me like uh, the group take back Austin wants they want the homeless people to pull them up, themselves up by their bootstraps and take care of themselves. Which... You know what? I'm going to be devil's advocate. So, well, are Michael, you... I'm going to be Michael's going to be devil's advocate because that's my job. All right, so you can hate me all you want to. So, are you, uh, are we saying that, or possibly that Take Back Austin just you know want the homeless to die to die? I don't know. I, I don't know all these. There's nine thousand people in that group. That's that's too- what some people are saying. I got a message. I've heard says, some. I've heard some, some people are saying that Take Back Austin dislike the homeless so much they want them to die. I've heard some crazy stuff in that group. But what I'm what I'm saying is that people say crazy things all the time on the internet. I doubt they actually mean most of it. But and I'm, I'm being devil's advocate. Well, all, I'm, all I'm trying to say is that if you want the homeless people in the city of Austin to to bring themselves up by their bootstraps. And take care of themselves with minimal government intervention, which seems to be the conservative slash libertarian uh, a goal. Then this is exactly what it is. We've got private enterprises here helping develop websites. We've got Robert talking to nonprofits about bringing in tiny homes. We've got the the city of Austin doing basically nothing, which I think is a positive. And we got fo- and these folks over there have jobs. They have some of them have vehicles. They they're not you know, super dependent on the government. A lot of them do not want the city government or let alone much of the state government to really intervene. What do you think about that, Kent? No, I I totally agree. I, um, it makes me think about, you know, my family, my grandma was born in Meadow, Texas, and they lost the farm after the Dust Bowl when my great grandfather passed. And so I got a whole family history of getting out there and doing work. Right. And so what I listen to these people talking, they're basically involved in trying to just get their hustle going. Right. They got to get out there and do their work. And when Robert's talking about a vision, this is where we really connected because we began with just some informal conversations. But, you know, our software gives 
digital identity and identity verification. That way you're not double, triple, quadruple counting people, which the city has no incentive to fix because it just inflates the numbers of homeless, right? But if it also gonna... affects the, 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 uh, the census. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, who knows if there's 2,000 or 20,000 people, but, you know, the baseline solution that Robert's talking about is something that just gets an accurate head count. Just make sure that you actually are who you say you are and you're not actually double, triple counting and you're not somebody who's not who, you know, it's not a fake account. And there's a, basically a marketplace. So, you know, Kenny can go out and actually get a job as a mobile mechanic so we can, you know, it's a good, it's a good side hustle. He's got a good, he's got a good idea about how he's going to make some money and it would work. And, uh, you know, how to uh, loan from within the community to help uh, each other up from their bootstraps. I mean, all that stuff, that's all great stuff. This is, again, why I talk about opportunity is I think a lot of people, they've forgotten. It's like they've lost their muscle memory about entrepreneurialism and liberty and going out there and just doing it. And this is why, like, I'm all for, like, whatever's going on in the city, if they're leaving their post, man, the more the merrier. Every day that we have an opportunity to, to reteach people how to do it themselves is better for this this, this environment, honestly. This All right, hold on, callers. Our, our callback number is 512-543-2284. We're talking about the homeless situation. We're talking about Texas Board of Education. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. The right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking about some breaking news coming out of the state of Texas here. The Senate Mass Violence Prevention and Community Safety Hearing on March 10th, 2020, that was scheduled for March 10th, 2020, has been postponed due to the coronavirus concerns. Also, Texas Republicans were scared about law cabin Republicans. They didn't focus on Robert Morrow. And then also, Austin has been declared a state of disaster so does that mean that gun owners can carry a gun without a license? Because in September the 1st, 2019, the governor signed a bill that says that, hey, if it's a state of disaster in that area for the entire week in that area, that no one needs a license to carry a gun. So during the week of South by Southwest, can gun owners carry a gun without a license? The answer to that question is no, you cannot. <laughs> Here's why. Because it's they have not declared a evacuation. You, it hasn't been declared that you have to evacuate the area, and that is the key. You have to be able, you have to evacuate the area, and then the governor says, "Hey, it's a state of disaster." Then you'll be able to carry a gun without a license. So that is the answer. So the answer is no. You cannot. Sorry to bust your bubble. You got to go to the Capitol on January 2021 and advocate for constitutional carry. <laughs> oh, wah, 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 wah. When did you say that that Senate committee is being rescheduled to? They haven't said the date that the Senate committee that's scheduled for March 10th has been rescheduled for. They just said that it is now postponed due to the coronavirus concerns. Yeah. Mm. So sad, too bad. All right, so now, uh, let's see. We got some some statements here on, on social media. Amanda says this idea that people cannot pull themselves up makes me so mad. I was homeless and with 
a little support from my husband and I, the husband is a veteran. We were able to get on our feet, become homeowners, and I am about to be a college graduate. People can get on their feet if they want. It takes hard work. I've scrubbed toilets to make it, but it was a means to an end. You know, some people, you know, on one side of this argument. Where was she? This, ask her where she was living when she was homeless. All right. So, Amanda, tell us, where were you living when you were homeless, Amanda? All right. So some people on this on one side of the argument says, you know what? We think they think they should abolish all laws and just allow people to do whatever. Have no laws, no rules. And also we should have less law enforcement. And also, by the way, we need to, we need to have more rules when it comes to guns. Other people on the other side says, hey, you know what? You know, it, it's extreme. You know what? The homeless just need to die. I just don't want to see it. You know, n- I'm a NIMBY, not in my backyard. You know, I just want to get rid of them. So, you know what? Let's go to the phone lines. And by the way, our call-in number is 512-543-2284. That's 512-543-2284. Come and talk it. So let me go to the phone lines. McKenzie uh, from Take Back Austin. What's your thoughts on that, McKenzie? Hey, Michael. Hey, Kent. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. Other Robert. Um, I'm the current president of the nonprofit Take Back Austin, and I've been listening to your show today. And I just want to say that there are a lot of people who are angry in the Facebook group, especially about the homelessness issue. But since I took over as president, my main goal is to try and change people's minds and show that there are positive things happening in the homeless community. And one of those prime examples is Camp Rat. I stand fully behind what Kent and Robert Rhodes are doing out there. I visited yesterday, and now in a leadership position, it's up to me to try and change those people's opinions and show them we're not going to rid the city of homelessness. That's not going to happen. But what we can do is offer safe and compassionate solutions for the homeless for everybody because it would be safe and compassionate for the people who also have homes. All right. And then also, what you're, you're not saying, you know, we're trying to kill the homeless or anything like that. You know, your organization oh, no, is not never. saying that at all. Never. No. I mean, there there are people who do say that. But as an administrator on that page and the other administrators, they know that that's not appropriate. We need to have constructive conversations. And the only way we can do that is if we can rid that group of people saying things that seem to, to say that. That's inappropriate. And I don't support it. And nobody on Take Back Austin's leadership board does. Right. The and, best the and, best way to to stop that kind of dialogue is to document what is going on at Camp Rat and show people for themselves because to see it is to believe it to show right. them that and it's that it's not what they think it is. Can can attest to this. I was out there yesterday with a, a video crew. I took lots of video. Tomorrow we will have a show dedicated to Camp Rat on the Trailer Park Show on public access. It'll stream on Facebook. And I'll show the video that we made yesterday while we were there. I absolutely think everybody needs to see that. They need to know that there are positive ways to help the homeless with a help up instead of a handout. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, uh, I saw Mackenzie, and she's very modest. She actually sat there in the trenches. She literally sat there and just listened to people talk. She legitimately cares. So she's talking about putting together a solution. Again, I see an opportunity to actually deliver a solution while this city council is asleep at the wheel, right? And and I have to apologize. And I have to apologize because I did, you know, I did have to be devil's advocate because we didn't have Chris Harris on the show since he backed out an hour before the show. So I had to be devil's advocate there. He backed out on me. We're supposed to meet on Friday, so I totally get it. Um, (laughs) It it sucks because you want to talk with people who have similar 
ideas, we all, I think, have the same goal, which is to promote safety in the community, right? So how do we get there? We sit down and talk about it. And it was it was sad that Chris backed out on me, too. So I just want to say I feel you on that. And Amanda says that she was homeless in Austin, and she actually slept on the steps of the arch on the porch before. And she says That's she was scary. homeless in 2010 to 2011. So that says a lot. Yeah, the arch is rough. Very rough. Especially uh, back then. And what concerns me is the city of Austin thinks that, you know, because of their track record of handling the arch, we're supposed to be okay with them buying property and buying hotels and running those establishments as well. Because St. John's, St. John's and 35, no. Home Depot, yeah. still not being used. Abandoned. 20 acres. Yeah, and, Abandoned. And, and written on a whiteboard, Robert's got outside of his thing, something that could be done for less than an acre, probably in the tens of thousands of dollars. He could actually be probably done next week. I mean, this is a solution that's coming up with somebody that, you know, he's homeless, right? It's a pretty good idea. So we could do that. So, so like, hotels are fine, right? I think that's great. But that's not an immediate solution. And I think what everybody sees out on the streets is that we need something in between. We need a stopgap so that it stops being as terrible as it is. And we get these people to something safe almost immediately. And hotels are not going to get there overnight, right? So the idea that Robert has and that you have, Kent, those are great solutions to help for the short-term needs. I would point something out. In the context of everybody freaking out about the coronavirus, who's out in the trenches? There's private citizens. There's people from faith-based institutions, and they're out in the trenches. Yesterday, there were a ton of just private citizens out there mixing up, building tents, the whole deal. And what Robert's talking about is putting together extremely inexpensive small footprint places around the city and that could work in concert with the camping band so you can bring people out so they're not being trafficked in the woods you can actually give them a triage in terms of their health these people are not afraid right no ordinary people are out there not afraid and they're working elbow to elbow and they know the homeless population is at risk and they're nonetheless out there working with them so. Mackenzie, what are your thoughts on the the camping ban when it first came around back in well, last summer now I mean, obviously, it was shocking to me to see so many people out on the streets. I think it shocked everybody. They're home. I mean, I was born and raised here in Austin, and it completely changed. Um, I think that over time, I came to realize we can't fix this unless we all talk about it and come to a solution that works for everybody. We're not going to rid our city of homelessness. We're not going to rid our city of, of theft or crime. But as you guys all are already aware, APD is down almost 180 officers right now, and they can't enforce, you know, the, the criminality or the things that are being done by vagrant homeless or, or even people who are not homeless unless we're staffed up and we have safe places for these people to be. I think sometimes with drugs and alcohol and mental illness, there's going to be crime. But the only way to really fix that is to provide those safer solutions than just sleeping under overpasses. All right. So uh, Thomas says that helping out is not the issue. Spending tax money with without any goals and being best for the taxpayers is. Uh, Amanda says McKenzie and, and Take Back Austin are doing great things. Tom also says uh, Tom, a different Tom says McKenzie. You are saying that you support the model that Rat uh, proposes is good to go. And then Amanda says, I have so many ideas and have sat in on city meetings, but unless you buy into their agenda of spending money without then accountability. they won't do anything. Ideas are not well received. The no sit, no lie ordinance had good intentions in beginning, but it became a political game. At first, people just wanted to be able to sit down and take a, a minute. I think so that. I would, 
Go ahead, Go ahead. Kizzy. I'm sorry. I would just say, like, Camp Rat is still sort of in its infancy, right? And Kent has laid out a great plan for them, but it's not without working out its kinks, right? Right. So eventually, I think the concept will get there. It's just going to take time, like anything. All right. I'd, I was going to say, I don't think that the the camping ordinance being amended was ever I don't think it was ever meant to be something productive. I think it was incendiary, and I think it was meant to absolutely um, stigmatize a community more so than it already was, to bring more attention to it, Mm -hmm. to bring more money into the – bring more tax money in. So speaking of tax money, I want to share something. I've been doing a lot of research on the statistics of this. What happens when you have a ra- uh, uh, property taxes are increased? Rents go up, right? Yep. And it makes it less affordable. So in the city of Portland, they're spending a huge amount of money. And uh, in 2019, there was an article on KGW, and it talked about how the city spends, I think, $32 million, where they essentially subsidize people's housing costs to get them in so they actually have affordable housing. The person that was quoted said that they need $500 million to do it properly. So just think this through, because it's like that meme of the government pointing guns at the government, basically. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Have you ever seen that where, like, the Postal Service is fined by the, uh, you know, by OSHA because whatever, and it's basically the government moving money back and forth. So think this through. City of Portland wants a half million dollars so they can subsidize people's housing costs because it's not affordable because they have massively high property taxes. Mm. What's going on? And then how do they get that $500 million? Right. From taxes. Property taxes. <laughs> right. So it's the a, thing is, they absolutely. A, I mean, this is like the most cynical nonsense thing. And it's so, a cycle perpetuated by the government because the government right. creates a problem right. that only the government can solve. Yeah. It's, it's you know, this is what happens when you've got a, a monopoly. So this is why I'm such a fan of putting together An oligopoly is yes, what it is. That's a really good way of putting it. So I would love to see transparency, accountability. And, you know, you could, you could for instance, bring back the comprehensive audit, which Adler got rid of. You could actually uh, uh, make it so the people in the council are actually, again, uh, responsible to the purview of the Ethics Commission, which they got rid of. When, did, been, they, when did they get rid of the, the that's audit? That's a great question. Yeah. That was a great question. So not curious. last fall, but the fall before. They got rid of it under the false pretenses that it had something to do with dark money. And then March of last year, interesting aside, I moved here in March, is when they removed the oversight of the Ethics Commission from the employees. So I spent years in the security and anti-fraud industry. They've, re- they've um, created two of the three pillars of fraud. They got rid of accountability, and they got rid of uh, um, uh, 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 transparency. And it starts to look uh, a little bit sneaky to me. So, What's yeah. the third pillar? Oh, I don't know. Just, I, I'm going to leave it. I like I liked literature, so let's leave that open. Let, <laughs> let you guys look that up. All right, so um, <laughs> Amanda says, I've had, I have so many ideas and have set in on city meetings, but unless you buy into their agenda of spending money without accountability, uh, ideas are not well received. And uh, Cynthia says, so really tired of solution uh, being rent vouchers over on Northgate. Let's give some rent vouchers for the W downtown. (laughs) (laughs) For your weekend. Where do I vote for that? (laughs) So, Mackenzie, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, Take Back Austin, just we organized a protest at the W. Um, Part of our mission is to hold the government, both local and state, accountable for their actions and I don't, in my heart, and after everything I've researched, feel like the city did the best they could, given the information they had regarding the homeless situation. Yeah. I absolutely agree that they they didn't think through the ordinance. They didn't think through the repercussions for the city. And they just want to spend money to try and solve a problem when really what they need to do is go out there. The biggest complaint I heard out of the camp was that nobody from the mayor's office or city council has been there. Have ever been the there. city. 
Whoa, I, whoa, I whoa, 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 whoa. The mayor and city council have not been the Yeah, hey, Robert, Robert, this is where you come in, brother. Okay. Well, you said uh, that Adler has never been. Adler's never been to... The camp, right? You said yes. uh, Mayor Aller's never been to Camp Rat? Yeah. Yes, he's never been to Camp Rat. That's the Let's... biggest complaint I heard yesterday. So the, ma- I mean, hold the on. so the mayor and city council members have not been to Camp Rat at all? Well, there was somebody from the city council one time that came to, to um, Camp Rat. But the mayor, he's too scared. The Mayor Adler has not been to Camp Rat. No, he has not. So Mayor Adler has not been out there to, you know, to talk to you guys and find out what you want and what you need. No, the governor has. How does has. he know what's going on if he hasn't been there? How can he sit on the dais and make choices for people that he's never spoken to or interacted with? Listen, yeah. When he leaves the W, he has a security detail from what I'm told. That's a, good, and, you know, that's it, a great question. It's horrible. Yeah, so how, how does the mayor, you know, make these decisions if he doesn't talk to the people that are in need? Yeah, I don't know. Is it in Dallas no with Biden? Yeah. Well, I think he should do. I think he should come out there one for twenty four hours, from from like seven o'clock a.m. to to seven o'clock p.m. or seven a.m. the next day and spend one night there. That's a great idea. Hmm. I would love to see that. So, so Robert from Camp Rat says, "Hey, Mayor Adler, why don't you come to Camp Rat and spend the night one night?" A one day with with the homeless at Camp Rat. So I would I would say well something Robert talks about a lot is that there's an estimated 2,200 homeless in the Austin area and the ra- uh, camp only has about 150 of them. So there's a very I think broad, there's more than 2,200. There's a pretty broad constituency there, and and in fact it's not easy to say they're not constituents. If you get to know them, you realize that actually a lot of them have paid taxes, a lot of them do vote. They actually are a diverse group. They're not all the people that you see, you know, down on Sixth Street who either are or are not UT students that are drunk, right? Like, there's a lot, a lot of different people. And if he wants to get to know who his most vulnerable citizens are as a leader, maybe he can get out there in the trenches and do that. And, Robert, you also mentioned to me that you thought it would be productive for Austin Mayor Adler and the city council to come by Camp Rat and see how your council does things because they might be able to take some notes. You did tell me that. Well, yes, I did say that here a while back. Yes, I have. And they did good. They could learn something. That's the reason why in 2022, I'm running for mayor. Yeah, boy. So Robert says, uh, Robert, who's one of the leaders of Camp Rat, says, you know what, Mayor Adler, come on out here to Camp Rat. We can, tell you, we can teach you how to run city council. You're going to learn today. Yeah, hey, I've interviewed uh, Adler before, too. I'd be more than willing to, uh, you know, escort him through the, through the camp. Robert and I can go down there. Kent, you can. We can all go. We can make it a field trip for Adler. Yeah, we'd love to he can take some time out of his W penthouse. We love to shake his hand. Shake his hand. Shake his hand and give him a hug. Yeah, like yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> all right, so you know what, Robert Morrill, I, I need you, I need to ask you, sir. You know, so what are your plans? If you stepped into the Texas Board of Education, you get elected, you win this runoff election. What are some things you want to do for the state of Texas? I'm glad you asked that, Michael. Um, you've heard of sex education. Correct? I have. And it's yeah. a controversial issue. It's very controversial. Okay. I'm the only candidate out there for a facts, fact-based sexual education. Um, I think that um, all pregnant teens should be allowed to deliver their babies in ninth grade biology uh, or in the school auditorium. <laughs> Subject to a parental <laughs> waiver, okay? I'm the only <laughs> kid who's come out for that. 
What did you say Quit earlier? I'm sorry. I laugh. Quit making me laugh. I'm sorry. Say that no one more time. No one. We have less than we have less than a minute. I'm less the only candidate who is for letting pregnant teens deliver their babies in ninth grade biology, so all the other kids can learn about what's with really, a parental waiver. With a parental waiver, so that all the other kids can learn about what's really going on. <laughs> no other candidates come out for that. That's true. Uh, or possibly I mean, if they want to have a midwife there or a doctor there and medical facilities. And you mentioned something about twerking earlier. Yeah, well, I'm the only candidate who wants to have uh, let, let students, high school seniors, take twerking classes or pole dancing classes. I, I was twerking in the kitchen. I threw out my lower back, <laughs> and uh, it took a lot. You of should not twerk past age forty. Kid. I thought that's college <laughs> course only. Oh, okay. College- I- I tell you what, as always, as always, I enjoy our conversations. I enjoy what we have to say. Uh, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.